Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy, and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking about a very important thing. We are talking about your digestive system and is your digestive system healthy and how it plays an integral role to the to your immune system for a start, to the rest of your body bodily functions. And we're going to give you some top tips on how to um, improve your digestive system, right, Dan? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think with the digestive system, there's that saying out of sight, out of mind, I think mm. because you can't see it and you think it just, well, it does just work along in the background and you don't give it too much thought until something goes wrong, but it's working all the time. And if you can make your digestive system as healthy as possible, the benefits are absolutely massive. We're talking like from more energy to mental health to obviously better digestion. It's so important. And there's more and more research getting done about good bacteria and stuff like that with links to um, mm. mental health and depression and stuff so yeah if we can get our digestive system healthy or if we can even just point out some of the signs that it might be unhealthy then yeah that's going to be the aim of this podcast and i think that like digestion is linked to a lot of mm, malfunctions in the body malfunctions sounds a bit robotic but you know what i mean um and that you probably haven't realized which is interesting yeah that's the thing it's um I think we've mentioned this before. I always find the real, like the simplest example is when someone has a heart attack and they feel a pain in the left arm. If your digestive system is healthy, so obviously your heart is an organ, but if your if your small intestine or your stomach or your pancreas is really malfunctioning and there's a lot going wrong there, you can often feel pain in other parts of your body. And it mm-hmm. shows up in different places, like um, your your lower back or your or your shoulders or neck pain. And because it's in a totally different area, you just, you don't associate that pain with your digestive system not working correctly. And mm-hmm. it takes um, a skilled practitioner to often kind of join the dots together and figure out what's going wrong. But there is some more obvious ways you can kind of join the dots yourself. So we're going to, we're going to name them here really. It's all about awareness and actually paying attention. That's the first step, isn't it? To seeing what's yeah. going on with your digestion. Absolutely. And um, one of those things about the heart attack thing, there's the pain in the left arm. That's actually a male thing. Um, most women who have a heart attack actually feel like they're having heartburn or digestive problems, interestingly. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Um, that's why a lot of women get misdiagnosed when they go in because they just think, oh, I'm just having a heart, like heartburn or digestive mm. problems when actually it's your heart. When you think your heart sits right on top of your digestive system anyway, doesn't yeah. it? So any problems in your digestive system will um, have a knock-on effect throughout the rest of your body too. Mm. So yeah, so there's lots of things that um, the digestive system needs to do. It's one of the biggest energy resources or sappers in your body, isn't it? Like the immune system and the digestive system. Of course, the immune system is closely linked to the digestive system as well, because gut health, um, 80% of your immune system is housed in your gut. So keeping your digestive system flowing, as we like to talk about always, creating the flow in and out of your body. And um, I, th- I heard Paul Check talk about if you didn't have your digestive system, you, you would just be a tube <laughs> going in and going out, wouldn't you? So yeah, it, it, yeah. like your digestive system needs to be there to 
um, get all the nutrients out of your food. So let's dig in then. And the first part of your digestive system is your mouth, right? And there's a lot of research now showing that um, oral health is really significant to um, digestive health and to your immune system as well, because all of the gut microbiome in your mouth, um, that's the first part of digestion. So chewing your food and getting all those, that's the first point of breaking down the food into um, nutrients. Yeah, exactly. So if you think before you're going to eat a meal and or even in preparation for to eating anything, you start to think about that food first and your mouth will actually start yeah. sal- like salivating first. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first step. And obviously saliva helps break down foods. I think it's carbohydrates in particular. Saliva has a yeah. big effect on. Yeah. Um, and then, like you say, your, your teeth and your tongue and chew your food until it's liquefied. Even if people just took that one bit of advice and applied that, the digestion would improve massively just chewing your food until it's liquefied because just swallowing food that isn't chewed properly just creates havoc in your body. Your body can't digest it properly mm-hmm. and it can lead to scary things like parasites, bloody laying eggs in your small intestine. And that sounds really scary and it can be, but that can all be eliminated just by chewing your food until mm-hmm. it's liquefied and making it easier for the rest of the system to do what it's meant to do. Instinctively, we all kind of know that the mouth is really important because we grow up and we we are forced to go to a dentist because we know how important <laughs> our teeth are. So if there's, we have like this whole body to, for doctors to look at, but then we, we forced to go to the dentist and just look at like 20 or 30 teeth. So that's how important it is, but we just, we don't make that connection, do we really? Yeah. So yeah, it starts in the mouth. Starts in the mouth and you should be, what's that phrase that we learned? Um, drink your food and chew your water. Yep. That's it. So your food should be it's mastication should be until your food is liquefied, then you swallow. So you need to masticate more. Um, proper chewing prepares the food for digestion. Um, chewing too quickly and swallowing prematurely leave food particles too large for stomach acids to break down, which then causes problems further down the line. Now, I need to tell my Labrador puppy this because he just gulps things down. It doesn't seem to be affecting him just yet, but... He's a dog. Yeah, I wonder what it is with animals because dogs just, they just don't chew, do they? You think you, you buy them these like treats or you give them leftovers from your meal and they just, I'm sure they just inhale the food. There's no point in them I've having not, I've never known a dog like my Labrador <laughs> puppy. It just inhales food. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've, I've had Labradors like for 20 odd years now and this one is the worst. He's just like, honestly, you just you give him a little bit and it takes your hand off for a start and then it's just, inhaled down yeah so us humans we can't do that because <laughs> very unhealthy to try to eat a steak whole yeah i'm just uh, quickly looking at it of course we're referring to our um bible for this podcast um how to eat move and be healthy by paul check and he says if fungi enter your body through your mouth and survive the stomach they often begin to de dehab- I can't say the word, debilitate the immune system. So there you go. There's the first part of bringing down your immune system is not chewing your food properly and allowing parasites and funguses, like you said, to get in, which then the immune system has to then focus its attention on, which then takes its attention away from other things. Yeah, and the word kind of fungus and parasites, it's a little bit scary. (laughs) And 
like the the best thing to do to avoid those like you say apart from chewing the food correctly and letting the letting the saliva and the enzymes and stuff do its work which it's meant to do but it's buying good quality food because if you're <laughs> buying really cheap shit meat the fact the the chances of it being infested with parasites and fungus in the first place is mm. going to be higher so the higher the food quality you buy you just you're just reducing those chances of having a parasite or a fungus anywhere and I think talking about Paul Check, I think he's the research he's done says that 90 to 95% of the population in the world has some sort of parasite and they can be almost impossible to eliminate and it can cause some really, really bad problems. So um, if that word scares you, then yeah, it is a little bit scary. And some of these parasites are, luckily in this country, we don't get like horrendous ones. It's, I think a lot of them come from kind of warmer, wetter climates, but still don't take the chance. Good quality food, chew it correctly. So digestion actually starts in supermarket or in your shop. <laughs> yeah. It's, it starts <laughs> like, with the animal that you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it's true, isn't it? Like, you mm-hmm. know, if you buy shit food, then shit goes in, shit comes out. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah. laughs> oh, shit doesn't come out because it gets stuck in there. And then. Yeah, that's equally, equally a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So then the food goes down the chute down in three throat into your stomach and mixes with the enzymes and hydrochloric acid. Interestingly, um, if you get, what's that thing called? Reflux. You know, when people get that yeah. reflux thing, um, people think they've got too much acid, but actually it's not, that's a sign of not enough, too, yeah. not enough acid. So actually drinking things like apple cider vinegar before you eat can help to improve that situation. Yeah. So those, those antacids or Pepto-Abysmal, whatever it yeah, is, that actually makes the situation those. worse, doesn't it? Yeah. Cause it's just dulling it down. You actually need mm. more acid into your stomach. Yeah. Um, and of course my favorite apple cider vinegar. And it's, I think hydration as well, this acid reflux, a lot of people are just so chronically dehydrated. It yeah. just, again, it just affects all systems, but yeah, apple cider vinegar, is it like five, 10 minutes before a meal? Especially yeah. if it like helps you digest meat and things like that, because the hydrochloric acid is really, really healthy. Obviously, again, buy some organic apple cider vinegar with the mother. And yeah, that might cure all your problems. <laughs> Something so simple as that. I know. It's mad, isn't it? That people take all these bloody horrible things like galviscon or whatever it's called. And all you actually need is more acid. Mm. Um, so the acid kills unfriendly bacteria, germs, fungus and parasites. And that is all dependent upon having the right levels of acid in your stomach. So I like what we just said. Cool. Next up is the small intestine. So, you know, when you see like a stereotypical picture of like a stomach and mm. you see all the, you know, all the, like the small intestine, the large intestine. So it, it kind of winds. I don't know how to describe it. Like goes winds left around. to right, left to right, winds yeah. around. Yeah. And like you say, if you stretch it out, the small intestine is roughly 25 feet long. So that's like seven meters Wowza. long. Wowza. So, you know, in a few episodes before, we've said we remember speaking about water, saying how rivers and and streams they kind of flow, they wind naturally, mm-hmm. and that's really good for the water, so it doesn't get stagnant, it doesn't just go in straight lines. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Mother Nature designed our system to be like that, so it's always twisting and turning, mm-hmm. and there's constant movement. It has to move to get around corners and stuff. That kind of comes into my yeah. mind. It looks like a little river in there i suppose like the mississippi river just going side to side yeah there's nothing yeah, like maybe. nothing straight in nature and i think that comes with a digestive system as well there's nothing straight in your body is there so that no that just i don't know that was my little observation that's a good observation yeah mm. 
Okay, yeah, so the small intestine, 25 feet long, and um, that gets the digestive system, uh, digestive enzymes from the pancreas and bile from the liver to aid digestion. From there, it's delivered to the cells of your body via the bloodstream to be converted into energy or rebuild cells and repair. And then unwanted or indigestible food particles are sent to the colon for final processing. So anything that your body doesn't need, it's from the small intestine to the colon. Yeah, and the colon is, I never knew this till like, honestly, I was in my 20s, that the colon and the large intestine were even the same thing. I thought they were just... (laughs) Two different things. Two different they, separate things, yeah. Call them different things, yeah. But a lot of people, when they get stomach problems, it is to do with the colon. Like people, I think I, I think it's getting more and more common with the worst, like obviously we're eating poorer and poorer quality food. And it's mm. the colon that suffers because it has to deal with all the shit that our body can't process. So it just gets so backed up. If you just eat crap all the time, your colon and your liver are just dealing with this absolute toxic load. So I think that's why like there's an increase in colon problems. Mm. Mm. So the colon is about six, five to six feet long. <laughs> so this is another one that you see rolling around as well, isn't it? This is the big one. And the colon acts as a specialized organ for producing certain vitamins. So you need to keep your colon healthy because it produces vitamin B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B12, A and K. So there's a hefty amount of B vitamins that your brain needs all your B vitamins. So if your colon's not, act, if you've got things like brain fog that you get in menopause and stuff like that, it can be because your colon's not healthy and you're not getting all your B vitamins to your brain. Yeah. So if your colon's backed up when you've been constipated for ages and you're, you're just eating toxic food all the time, how the hell is your colon meant to do its job of producing all those vitamins when it's just so overburdened with all this toxicity? then like I say, it's a chain effect. If you, you've got brain fog and you're constipation, you might think, oh, there's something else going on. We'll get rid of the constipation first and the brain fog might go away. Like yeah. I said, it, it all starts with what you eat. You are what you eat. And like we said at the start, you might get some funny symptoms, like you might have pain in your, in your left arm or your upper back or your legs, but it, or you, you might have brain fog, but it's coming from your digestive system. Mm-hmm. We need to start making that connection. There's a lot of bad back people who have actually bad um digestive system and it refers out to the to the back yeah um so the bacteria that are housed in your large intestine um are the optimal ratio should be 85 percent friendly and 15 percent unfriendly but many people today have that ratio switched around yeah what's um, that called a dis- dysbiosis i think dysbiosis on your symbionts so <laughs> hmm. that was a book I read <laughs> and it was all about gut bacteria. I, actually, we're only 1% human, aren't we? Because there's like millions and trillions of yeah. bacteria inside of us. I got my gut bacteria analyzed. Can you remember, Dan? Yeah. And um, I had a, I had lots of friendly bacteria, but I also had some unfriendly. But I think I was about 70, 30%. So I took a lot of um, specialized. So what? When you get your your gut analysed, you can tell which bacteria you need to colonise kind of more. So um, I took the probiotics of just that colony that I needed. Um, so that was interesting to do that. So you were 70 good, 30 bad? 
Yeah. That's a that's pretty decent actually, isn't it? Compared. That's all right. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that's just my chocolate addiction, isn't it? Really. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the rest of my diet is actually really good, but um, yeah, I just had had to do like a bit of chocolate, so I thought, well, that's all right. You know, mm. I can cope with that. So I thought that was not too bad because most people are now fifteen percent. Um, yeah, that's terrible, friendly. isn't it? That's really bad, isn't it? And it's no wonder that people's immune systems are crap as well because they, you know, you got creates all the hormones and stuff and, and stimulates your immune system as well. So, yeah, um, so um, we all know consuming poor quality food, especially processed foods, it's not good. And that can lead to um, constipation and unfriendly bacteria and parasites. And as Paul Check says, a backed up colon is a toxic colon. So you've got all that toxicity just sitting there in your gut, basically. In how to eat, move, and be healthy, the best way it's described is if you're just eating crap and you're you're dehydrated and your colon is just full of unproperly digested shit food. (laughs) So imagine if you just took that food and it wasn't in your body and you just left it in the bin after a few days, how bad would Mm -hmm. that start smelling? So now take that undigested shit quality food and then put it inside your body in a warm, wet environment and leave it there for weeks and months. (laughs) Like... No wonder, uh, no wonder uh, you feel bad and your sweat stinks and you got brain fog, and uh, you, you know what I mean, and you fart and bourbon and stuff like that. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And there's a little statement in the book. So it's when your body is dehydrated, the colon squeezes as much water from feces as possible. So this results in the body. Um, this this results both constipation and absorption of toxic fluids into the bloodstream. So if you're so dehydrated, your body then has to go to the toxic water in your in your crap and squeeze the last <laughs> remaining drops out and use that for hydration. Yeah. No wonder you've got brain fog. Like no, it's, uh, it's a horrible thought, isn't it? No wonder you've got bad skin, <laughs> brain fog, like arthritis, things like this. So like it houses itself in your joints and stuff. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I call it like, you don't want to be powered by poo water. That's what I always say to my (laughs) clients. Like, you know, you got to drink enough water to get this stuff moving and through and out of your system because nothing is going to work properly if you're backed up like that, you know. Um, A lot of back pain is caused just by constipation. Um, For women, a lot of pelvic floor issues, prolapses, all of that kind of stuff can be, it is just by constipation, like that pushing downwards. Oh, like it causes so many problems if you've got a bad digestive system. Oh, and these um, pro- these problems are like really life altering, impractical problems. Having a having a bad back, having a poor digestion, having a prolapse, yeah. having joint pain, um, muscle pain, all joint, of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but even like digestive problems, like I know, like hemorrhoids or you know, bad gas all the time. Like, be so easy to fix, but then mm-hmm. but the consequences are so bad. So like if if you just, if you hydrate yourself correctly, figure out what foods you're intolerant to and just improve your posture so your digestive system works a little bit better. You don't have to take 10 different medicines and go around all these doctors and think Mm. there's a miracle cure. It's it's really, really simple and it can solve a lot of your problems. I know. I I just want to read the list here of um, things, symptoms of a poor digestive system. Um, Gas, bloating, headaches, burping reflux fatigue after eating abdominal distension hun- constant hunger bowel irregularity muscle and joint pains i mean people don't realize that muscle and joint pains is, can be linked directly to digestion and neck shoulder middle and lower back pain so neck pain 
and all the way down your spine. Any pain can be linked directly to your digestive system. Yeah, like you said about the muscle and joint aches, that's like it's hard to make that link because that can kind of come from anything really. But if it's constant yeah. and you, you you think you haven't done any intense exercise, like we said, if the the joints in your body they obviously they lubricated with mostly water to make that synovial fluid. Mm-hmm. So if you like you say if you're chronically dehydrated, your body's then going to your colon and squeezing the last remaining toxic drops out of your feces to lubricate your joints with. <laughs> when do your joints are aching? Yeah, like it's, it's, I know. And like um, you can become like really toxic in your body, like we said. So some of the symptoms of toxicity include fatigue, headaches, lower back pain, asthma, gastrointestinal upset, acne, rashes or other skin problems, uh, pain between the shoulder blades, pain in the upper right abdominal region, sciatica, allergies and food intolerances, ear eye, nose and throat problems, nervousness, arthritis, neck pain and cardiac irregularities. So all of these things are just linked to being toxic, how holding all that stuff in your colon. Yeah, I think, I don't know if, if that was on that list there, but skin problems is a big one. I've, yeah, I've, skin problems. Uh-huh. Like um, people who have, uh, what's that condition? Not eczema, the other one. Psoriasis. Psoriasis, yeah. If you're eating like heavily carbohydrate-based meals mm-hmm. all the time, it's often people's psoriasis gets worse, doesn't it? If you go mm-hmm. to more of like a carnivore, high-protein, high-fat-based diet, that often goes down. So again, it's just a very, very straight link. Yeah. You what you eat, it just improves the condition. That's why I got my gut analyzed because I wanted to see if it was affecting my skin. That was ultimately what I wanted to do. And um, apparently like there was this doctor, this specialist in eczema, and he said like, 99% of people with eczema have this certain parasite, not parasite, um, like bacteria. Mm. And uh, so that's what I wanted to get tested. But it turns out I didn't, didn't have it. So uh, really? my gut was healthy. So that wasn't the reason why I, I've got eczema. So that was interesting. I so think was it was that, more just to do with food intolerances and stuff. I was going to say, we were you disappointed with that result? Because it might have been like an easy fix. Yeah, that would have been an easy, an easy fix. fix but, just like, uh, yeah. yeah, it would have been actually, because then you can just eradicate that parasite by you know um taking more probiotics of the of different Mm. ones that would um over overreach that one but yeah that wasn't the reason so do you find that sometimes sometimes the curse is the gift though it's probably made you evaluate what you eat and learn about Mm. more which means you can teach more people that's sometimes life works like that doesn't it yeah it's interesting actually it really was interesting um process lee did it all for us in there yeah um analyzed all the the results from the labs and stuff and yeah so that's when i stopped eating gluten and stuff and it actually really did make a massive difference so yeah so doing all these lab tests and and getting evaluated is like it's so good Mm. the the trouble is it can be really expensive and it can Mm -hmm. be be a bit long-winded like like some things yeah that's but if anything the there is simple solutions out there yeah you take longer and the it's a bit more of a like a shotgun approach but if you just do like 95 percent of the things that make you healthy anywhere a lot of these symptoms can be drastically reduced if not eliminated but like mm-hmm. you say if you want to be um if you want to be a bit more surgical about it and you can afford it there is some tests which can get straight to the root of what exactly what's going on yeah it was expensive but it was, it was definitely worth it to know that i didn't have that parasite that 
bacteria. But mm. I actually know that my gut was pretty healthy and my immune system, because what they do is they can test how well your immune system's functioning and stuff like that. And it was mm. all functioning really well. Um, because they obviously if you've got a parasite in there, if they find a parasite, then your immune system function is can be really, really compromised by that. So yeah. Interesting. It was very, very interesting to do, but yeah, expensive. But worth it if you have got a problem you know like for me and my skin is like been something that I was born with like having skin problems so it was um worth it to see what was going on yeah with with regards to money as well that's if you can afford it you can afford it it's like it's just um people put different values on different things don't they but ultimately mm. what is your health your health is the most valuable thing exactly exactly so. and like there could have been I could have got a load more tests done but then you're just racking up the the thing. So I so Lee just said these are the ones that you need to get done. So I was just did the ones that I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you if you do the ones that you need and that cures the problem, then you know what I mean. Yeah. If, if the problem had persisted, then you might have to dig a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper exactly, to figure out yeah. what the problem is. Because some of these um, bacteria, fungus, and parasites is so intelligent it's actually fascinating mm. when you read about parasites and things like that. Oh god, yeah. I remember reading about or watching something about one parasite. Um. There was they were finding that it was there was this parasite and it was infecting. Have you ever heard the term the crazy cat lady? Like the old woman with loads of cats. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a, a parasite that it te- it was it tends to want to be infested in older women, I think it is. Because they were, they have cats. Is that because, right? Yeah. So what cats. so what the this parasite did is at, there must be some hormone or something in in the, an older female that it I know it finds particularly tasty. So, but it it struggled to just get make the jump straight to, from itself where it lives to like a a human host. So it would infect itself in rats first, then because it knew cats would eat rats or mice, mm-hmm. and then it realized all women have cats. <laughs> and then hence they could jump from the cat to the human. That's how intelligent they are. Yeah. It would, it would go like down the food chain and realize mm-hmm. this is, and that's, that's how clever they are. And it, honestly, it's absolutely fascinating, but it it's is scary. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, Macaulay Culkin has that parasite. Oh, really? I listened to an interview oh. with him and he was saying, yeah, I got diagnosed with that, that particular parasite that jumps from cats to humans. It um, lives in the brain, I think as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, mm. um, he said he couldn't understand. He was getting all these like weird symptoms and stuff and he couldn't, the doctors didn't know why. And eventually he got tested for it. And it, it was, um, it was that that was causing wow. the problem. That interesting. It- it's like um, malaria. Malaria is a virus, I think, isn't it? But these are so clever, these things. And um, what they do is if you get, if you think you've been um, into a malaria area, because there's only certain mosquitoes that carry the malaria virus when you go to Africa. Um, but you have to get tested for malaria like over a 24, 48-hour period, like regularly every hour on the hour because the malaria comes into your bloodstream, then it leaves your bloodstream while it goes into an organ. So you could get oh, tested yeah. while it's not in your bloodstream, but it's in an organ. And then it comes out of your bloodstream and then into another organ. So if you're not getting tested every hour on the hour, so we were told like it, yeah. if we'd been in a malaria area that we felt any like tightness or fatigue or we like flu-like symptoms, we had to go straight to a doctor and say, we've been in a malaria area, we need to be tested for malaria and then get tested every hour on the hour. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it? They're so clever. Oh, it's, can evade it's, things. It's, yeah, it's weird. You have these things which can live inside your body and they kind of have their own 
um, like intelligence. Yeah. It's like if you, sometimes people, um, they wake up in the middle of the night between whatever, three and five. And if you keep waking up consistently between three and five or one and three, whatever it is, there's actually some parasites which are nocturnal. Mm-hmm. So and you they're think the you, ones that are waking you up. Yeah, so you think you wake, why do I keep waking up? There's no logical reason. It could be the parasites waking up inside your body and just causing a bit of irritation and just making you restless. Craving sugar. Craving sugar and things like that, yeah, but they're nocturnal. Yeah. I say that's me, my chocolate. It's not me, it's my parasite that likes chocolate. It likes dairy milk. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just let's talk about some of the things that you can do that we might that might be surprising to you that you can do to improve your digestive system so one of the things is to watch funny programs while you're eating because then you're putting happy hormones into your system with your food yeah this one might sound a little bit silly might it but i think for me it helps to think of the reverse of that so don't watch um negative stuff when you're eating don't sit and watch the news and watch you wouldn't sit and watch a horror film while you have a romantic meal with your partner <laughs> would you? your digestion's not going to be very good if you're watching someone get slaughtered or you're watching the news <laughs> and you're figuring out another you know what i mean there's there's more restrictions coming in and the world's in fear like that's not going to help you digest your food is it no, and you're just shooting like stress hormones into your food. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. why would you want to do that? So yeah, let's not be watching the news while you're eating, please, because that's not a good way to live. Um, reading happy or inspirational material while you are eating. That's another good way of putting happy hormones in. I must admit, I've never been a reader while I've been eating. That's not my... Oh, I do. Tra- I've never tried that, no. But now, now I've read this and he said if you wear glasses, <laughs> you shouldn't be reading while you um oh, eat really? because your eyesight takes up a lot of energy. That could be, us. yeah, that's a different thing as well. Um, Play relaxing music when you're eating. Like it's just that whole thing, like don't just eat in a rush and don't like be shouting and screaming at the kids and dashing around while you're eating because your digestive system requires a lot of energy so you need to like be conserving your energy to get correct digestion right yeah make it like a i know we we talk about paul check quite a lot but i remember him saying someone asked him what is um spirituality and he said for me eating a meal is like a spiritual experience yeah it'll sit down and like you said make sure you've got plenty of time don't rush mm-hmm. your meal cook some mm-hmm. nice healthy food then you're literally sitting like say a prayer and thank the animals and the plants for mm-hmm. giving themselves up to, to eat yeah. and then just eat slowly, digest your food. And you think, yeah, that's, that's how, like, what's the rush? Mm-hmm. What's why, why rush a meal down in five minutes, watching the news, <laughs> drinking a glass exactly. of wine. No and don't you, eat like foods that were unhappy before while they lived. Mm. Like, uh, honestly, the other day I was kind of like proud of my son because <laughs> I was rushing around and I just bought, and I always buy chicken from the butcher who like the happy chickens. And I, I accidentally, I didn't accidentally, I just, I didn't have time to go to the butchers and it was shut. So I bought chicken from the co-op and the co-op's meant to be quite good as well. But I think because we're so used to eating like top quality chicken mm. that our will, to, we were eating, Will went, mom, this chicken wasn't a happy chicken. <laughs> And I was like, you're right, son, he wasn't. And he could tell that from eating. 
So he's, he's a young Jedi like you. He's definitely, inherit, he's definitely yeah. inherited the Force, hasn't he? There's some inheritance going on there. Like, mm. definitely, our Will has the Force, I think, because he's got that animal thing that he can talk to animals. Is he, is he also the one that walks around barefoot like you? No, that's the other one. I also, he I'm, has a bit of the Force as well. <laughs> I think I've influenced them both in some, some respects. But I'm pleased that there are, they are a bit of... They they get it. They totally get it. So I'm pleased about that. But um, yeah, he said that that these chickens aren't happy chickens, and I thought you were right, son. And I, I said a prayer for the chickens because I said like, thank you for giving up your life, and I'm sorry that you didn't have a good life. Yeah, but but hey, what uh, they might not have had a good life, but now they are part of you and your exactly. sons, so which are going to try and make the world energy. a better place. So not. I don't want to say all's well that ends well, but hey, if they haven't had a good life, you can't really do anything about. But now, yeah, that's what I said to them. I said, thank you for being part of me, giving me some energy, and I'll make yeah. the world a better place for you guys. Hey, there we go. And I'll never buy chicken like that again. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, yeah, then you think like McDonald's. Uh, yeah, my kids like a McDonald's as well, though. So that, uh, like, I haven't fully influenced them, but you know. It'll come through, won't it, eventually? Because I always say, like, this is not happy eating. Yeah, well, influence comes from a lot of places, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, um, start, this is another thing to do, start with live foods, like salads. I always, I always try and include a salad on my ma- in my meals. Mm, I must admit, um... Yeah, so you're a boy. Boys don't do salad, that's what Stephen always says. Yeah, Salads I'm not really, big on, not really big on the whole vegetables thing. <laughs> I, I like an avocado now and again. Are you still on the carnivore diet where you believe that because the animal ate grass that you don't have to? I still I still fully believe in that, that concept. <laughs> but no, I'm not a pure carnivore. But um, I'm, I, I don't eat many vegetables, I must admit, and I, I feel okay. <laughs> yeah. Before we were on air, where we done, I was just saying that I'm going away this weekend on a retreat and they've said it's vegetarian food. And to cater for everyone. And I'm like, they're not catering for me because I'm a carnivore. Like, I'm not going to be able to survive on a vegetarian diet. Yeah, skin goes it, bad. I think you should kick off it because it's, that's being prejudiced against um, vegetarians. I'll kick you, off and say, oh, yeah. God, I demand meat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I went to, um, when I went to, and I did Everest base camp, obviously you're not meant to eat the meat up in the mountains because it's, you know what I mean? It's how you don't know how long it's been there. So I yeah. took well, 10 packets of biltong, like beef oh, jerky. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might have to go and get some biltong actually, just to give me my meat fix. Like, I've got nothing against people who want to be vegetarians and I fully respect all animals, but I need to, I need to eat them. <laughs> oh yeah. Like say, if you want to be a vegan or a vegetarian, like go for it. If, if you feel good doing that, brilliant. It's just, but like you say, there is, some people who do really bad on vegetables in a veg- in a vegetarian diet. And Me, yeah, I would ga- I well. would have all of these in all of these symptoms of a bad digestive system: gas, bloating, headaches, burping, reflux, fatigue, abdominal distension. Oh my god, I get that if I eat fruit. I'm not good with fruit either. Constant hunger, hunger. See, look, those, I would have about ten of them. Yeah, you you wouldn't be a good retreat participant if you had all those symptoms. <laughs> Yeah, so I might be running next door for a chicken, <laughs> some chicken or something. <laughs> anyway, right. So, um, yeah, live food, so salads and stuff. Yeah, 
and that kind of things. Um, things to avoid before you eat: uh, coffee, not good on your digestive system, alcohol. And things to take care of is limit dehydrated foods. Um, avoid foods you are intolerant to. So how do you tell if you're intolerant to a food? Um, one, that after you've eaten it, you feel bloated. Um, any of those symptoms, really, if after you eat it, if you get bloating, gas, headache, burp and reflux, that kind of thing. Um, and anything that creates fatigue after you've eaten it, that you want to go to sleep, that's not good. Uh, chew well and um, never suppress the urge to go for a poo. There I think that's go. more of a woman thing, isn't it? Like men never suppress uh, well, the urge to go for a poo. Well, I think we just we mentioned this before. It's kind of like it depends on your circumstances because if you, I know, say if you, you work in a job and you're there for 8, 10, 12 hours a day and the toilets are an absolute bombsite, you kind mm. of, you can understand it. It mustn't be nice. Or if you work, I don't know, if you're a, if you work on a building site and it's an absolute crime scene where you have to go yeah. for a toilet, like you say, men men aren't as bad as women. Mm. But and and it really is unhealthy to to if you keep suppressing the urge to go to the toilet. But it's kind of very understandable, I would say as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's more of a woman thing than a mm. than a man thing. But um, yeah, never suppress the urge to go to the toilet and um um. The regular times to go to the toilet is anything between three times a day or three times a week. That's what would be classed as normal. Yeah, and it's and it's like you think of it as think of it as a how do I describe this? It's like a sign if you if you have a healthy digestive system and you go on the toilet regularly. Some people do it at the same time every day, and that's like that's a really healthy sign. Your body likes routine. Mm-hmm. even down to your digestion and elimination things like that mm. so if if it's all over the place and you haven't been for three days and you go four times in one day your body's not working regularly so like mm. start to like pay more attention to how you feel after a meal when you yeah. go to the toilet um start to just like pick up on these little symptoms because your body doesn't lie it's it's giving you signs and symptoms all the time so start paying attention to them it's like your circadian rhythms isn't it Actually, we should do a podcast on circadian rhythms. It is mm. part of that, like that your bowel. Have you not? I've been thinking about my bowel recently um, <laughs> because have you noticed that if you go on holiday, and this is also a woman thing, like your bowel doesn't catch up for another like three or four. I don't think your bowel actually likes going on holiday. <laughs> right. It's like a. <laughs> that's, that's a well, woman yeah. thing, though. I think. Uh, I know. I've heard it before. It's, it's a common thing as well. And, um, yeah. Well, the first thing they say when you normally when you, when you go abroad, you can't drink the tap water because it's not your bowel's not used to it or your, your digestive system can't handle it. So even little things like that make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so bowel health is important as well. So um, have you got anything else to add? No, I think we've covered most points in the digestive system there. Yeah, I think we have. So um, yeah, it's dead interesting though, isn't it? How it relates to everything else in your in your life. The digestive system is massive. Yeah. And remember, like just the same, we always say you are what you eat, but as well, another little kind of caveat to that is you are what you don't digest or eliminate. So Mm. if you, if you say you are what you eat, if you eat healthy food and you're digesting it properly, then you're going to be healthy. But if you're you're eating healthy food, but you're so dehydrated, your body can't digest it properly. Even healthy food can become toxic if it just sits in your colon and, and just wastes away. Like we said, imagine even taking healthy food and leaving it in the bin for a week. 
Now imagine putting in a warm, wet body. Even healthy food's <sighs> going to eventually become toxic. So you are what you eat, but you are what you don't eliminate as well. So make sure mm-hmm. everything's flowing. You know, we like a bit of rhythm and flow. Drink plenty mm-hmm. of water. Move. Get that healthy food through your body, into your muscles, into your organs, into your bloodstream. And then move so the stuff that I can't use can get out of there get out regularly. Of yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening. If we've um, touched on anything that you are interested in or want to know more about, then please let us know. And um, as always, uh, please pass the pod. Yeah, cool. Thanks. We'll see you soon, everyone. Bye.